0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Whoa, it's dark. I can barely see you guys. Wave if you're out there. Hey, there you are. Oh, there we're coming up a little bit. Good to see you. Hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward Uh, to give an offering together. If you all would pray with me for that, that'd be lovely. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this place, being able to gather together. Thank you for Father's Day and being able to just recognize the, the gift that you've given us with our dads and recognize the just the incredible example that you are as our heavenly father and i just pray that you would be just resting in this place with us today teaching us growing us uh changing us for the better and reminding us of the goodness of your kingdom we give you this offering uh to do with as you please in jesus name amen amen all right all right How are you? Oh, that good, huh? Good. Happy Father's Day. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my dad, uh, one of the, uh, my dad gave me a lot of different things. Um, just like passed down a lot of different things to me as a person. Um, things that some things I I think like when I was a a kid I I maybe even thought I didn't like those things about my dad and then I recognize them now I'm like oh my god I'm him Uh, just certain things that happen but one of the things that my dad passed down to me uh, was being a collector a collector of things Um, he just over the years even though we didn't really have any money, as far back as I can remember, he always had some kind of a collection of something, uh, some type of antique or some type of just whatever it was. He was a collector of things, and he passed that down to me. Um, I don't know if, it, if it's in my genes. It feels like it is, um, because from the time I've been three or four years old, I have collected random stuff. Um, I'm repping one of my collection addictions today. I have uh, been a major baseball card collector since I was a kid. Um, went in and out of it over the years at different times and you know if you are a coll- anybody in here a collector? You're just a collector. Like, you collect different stuff. I had a rock collection, stamp collection, uh, coin collection, baseball card collection, uh, yo-yo collection. I, I, like, I mean, I, and I really could go on and on and on and on and on um, until I lose interest in something. Then I, then I try to, to, to sell those things or trade them for other collections, whatever. It can turn into hoarding. You got to be careful with it. Sometimes, if you're a collector, you might understand this, you can become a little too hungry for the things that you are after. Um, I, my stepmom, she is a collector of Disney memorabilia. She collects like these Disney pins that she gets at Disney World, like this is a kind of a big, you can you have to, she goes to Disney World, she's not interested in riding the rides, she's there to meet with other pin collectors to trade rare Disney pins, like ones that, that you stick onto something, those, and I can look at it and laugh, <laughs> that's a funny collection, I've collected dumber things, Sometimes you can get to the point of being too hungry for some of these things and They can they can lead you into trouble Um, So one of the things I'm doing today is I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to let go of uh, a little bit of my collection and I Did you already pass those out? You guys are good. All of you today got a pack of baseball cards These are just some from my personal stash And realizing I have enough old packs of baseball cards to give at least one of them away to every person at church And so if you're a dad That's for you. Happy Father's Day And I want you to open that thing up and maybe find some nostalgia These are like 1988 to 1992 packs most of them Um, If you're not a dad, that's okay. Give that thing to your dad Let him open it. You might think he he's not going to like baseball. Just you never know. You never know. They smell like Wade Boggs. (laughs) If you got one of the packs with gum in it, I would not recommend eating the gum. (laughs) But I also wouldn't recommend not eating the gum. Like, give it a try. (laughs) I've done it. I've done it recently. It was bad. And uh, yeah, if you don't have somebody to give it, put that thing on eBay. might get a couple dollars. I don't know. It's up to you. They're yours. Today I want to talk about some of the things that can happen when you become too hungry um, for certain things in your life. When you become too hungry... Uh, certain pitfalls that you can fall into. And so we're going to read into a a really silly story um, that I used to have a super hard time believing was even possible because how could someone do something this stupid as in this story we're going to read. But since some years have passed since I've read through it and I've thought about it and I've read it again and I've thought about it. I've realized that it's actually a a thing that we do all the time and that is more easy to fall into than we might think. And so we're going to jump into a silly, not so silly story in Genesis chapter 25, okay? If you want to get out a bible and read along you can we'll have it on the screen otherwise but genesis chapter 25 it says this when the time came for her her is rebecca rebecca um, is a pregnant mom in this story when the time came for her to give birth there were twin boys in her womb the first to come out was red And his whole body was hairy, like a garment. And so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out. And his hand was grasping Esau's heel. And so he was named Jacob, which means heel grabber. Like puller of one's leg. Trickster. Now Isaac, Isaac is dad. In this story, new dad, Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to her boys. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Some of my kids are open country kids and some of them are tent dwellers like you get different kinds isaac dad who had a taste for wild game loved esau but rebecca loved jacob once when jacob was cooking some stew esau came in from the open country famished or I don't want to jump ahead too fast so just so we get it all the way uh there's two different brothers one of them was born red and very hairy he is the outdoorsy type he likes to hunt he like uh probably uh drink smoke chew go with girls who do he's uh, he's probably wearing a mossy oak sweatshirt like he's he's that guy he likes to kill his own food and then there's Jacob who, it just says, he, like, he, he liked to stay among the tents. He was, and further in the story, we just find out he's a mama's boy. He's the mama's boy. Dad likes meat. Esau likes to shoot meat. And so they have a connection, and it says that Jacob, uh, who liked to stay at home, maybe knitting, I don't know, whatever he was doing, him and mom had a connection. Okay, so, anyways. Once when Jacob was home cooking some stew, and he probably, he probably was putting his heart into it, put some, this is gonna be, some saffron. Esau came in from the open country famished. He's starving. He says to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he was also called Edom. I don't know what Edom means. It probably means always starving. (laughs) Jacob replied, first, so he said, let me have some of that soup you're making. Jacob says, hmm, oh, you like the way that smells? First, why don't you sell me your birthright? Give me your birthright for it. You can have some. Give me your birthright. Esau says, look, I'm about to die. What good is my birthright to me? Jacob says, you have to swear to me first. If you're, if you're brothers with anybody, you know this. you got to swear. Swear on your life. Swear on mom's life. Anybody got brothers? Thou works. Swear to me first. And so he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate it and drank and he got up and he left. And then it says, So Esau despised his birthright. Freaking birthright. This is a bad negotiation that just went on. Maybe the worst in history. Esau has a birthright. He was the firstborn son, even though they were twins, he was the firstborn, and as the firstborn, that would entitle him to a double portion of the inheritance when his father Isaac passed away. His birthright means a double portion of the inheritance when dad passes away. Isaac, dad, is loaded. Uh, He has a lot. For some of us, like it might not be that big of a deal. We're like, oh, what, what is a double portion of not much at all? For him, it was a big deal. It's a bad trade. Double portion of your rich father's inheritance traded for a bowl of bean soup. This is like... You guys have vineyard west side pens in front of you in your chair. This is like like trading um, g- getting somebody to agree to give you their car for that pen. Like And so in this story, um, it's it's actually a a cautionary tale about something that can happen to all of us and what we're going to look at today are three different pitfalls that we can fall into, kind of traps that we can fall into from this silly story. The first one, if you're a note taker, the first pitfall that we need to avoid is the pitfall of mistaking growth for maturity. Mistaking growth for maturity. It says, if we go back in verse 27, it says the boys grew up the boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. The boys grew up, they grew up, and it's assumed that Esau and Jacob grew up as they, so they matured in age, size, stature, brains, etc. But in this story, these brothers are kind of acting like five-year-olds. Give me the bowl of soup first. No, you've got to give me your birthright. Promise. Pinky swear. And so when I read through this, I always assumed they were teenagers. Um, I studied a bit further. Um, these brothers were in their 60s when this took place. The boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, man of the open country. Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Some of us grow up and we become really, really good at something that we do. Uh, Esau became really good at being a hunter. Some of us grow up and we become really good at something that we do, but we never grow up in our character. Do you know anybody that's like, just incredible it's I mean I, I love baseball and I anytime it's a baseball player who I'm in awe of like just this incredible thing that they do uh, several players even this past year in the major leagues uh, they're just dominating on the field and then all of a sudden they get arrested for drunk driving domestic violence uh, this or that doing something stupid I'm like this dude grew up into a beast who was good at a certain something, but he never grew up in his character. It can happen to you if you're gifted in a certain area. Esau got really, really, really good at killing his dinner, but he never got good at controlling his appetite. got really good at killing dinner, but not good at controlling his appetite. And so one of the things for us to be careful of is to not mistake Growth for maturity. Do not mistake age for wisdom. In verse 28, it says, Isaac, dad, had a taste for wild game. So, you know, bison, caribou, I don't know what they had around there. Wild game. Gamey game game. He had a taste for wild game, and so he loved Esau. But Rebecca, mom, She loved Jacob. Isaac, dad, is kind of selfish in this story. He says he loves Esau more because, well, of course I love him more. He brings me meat. He kills stuff and brings it to me. I love that about him. He's more proud of the trophies that his son brings to him and loves the things that his boy Esau is able to accomplish more than anything Um, Some of you may have grown up with a dad who is more into performance-based love for you. That um, you got stuck in a cycle of needing to be good at a sport, needing to be good at school, needing to be good at some kind of a thing so that your dad would give you the love and attention that you needed. And a lot of us can get stuck in a, a really bad place with that. Of of just always chasing after that that thing. I got to do this thing so that dad will so that dad will love me, even though we'd never want to say it out loud. But we know that that's the reason I'm trying to do this. That's the reason why I'm trying to get this promotion. That's the reason why I'm trying to graduate with this degree. It's the reason I'm trying to uh, make this amount of money, buy this big of a house, get this type of car. Um, you know. Just all these things where I'm doing it so that dad will. Unfortunately, in this story, Isaac is the dad who is proud of his his son's trophies. That what did what, what did you bring me? What did you bring me today? Esau is skilled at hunting, but in this this particular story, he ends up coming home empty-handed. And so if you're that kid. In that story, if you've been in that position before where you are not performing for dad, um, it's the, the thoughts that come, I'm a failure. I let dad down. I'm not good enough. And he's hungry. And I know he was waiting. He was expecting me. I let him down. He just wants to please dad. And that's not bad. It's not bad to want to please Dad. But it, be, it, can become, it can become dangerous when um, it's always connected to a certain skill or a certain, a certain trophy. Verse 30 it says, he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Side note, not just he's hungry, you know, his dad's hungry. He didn't bring anything home. Another side note, be really careful who you talk to when you're in a susceptible state. When you're in a weakened state, when you're in a vulnerable state, when you're in a worried state, when you're you're in a compromised place. Be careful who you talk to because he goes and he talks to his brother Jacob. And what we find out about these brothers is Jacob does not have his best interest at heart. And so be careful when you're weak or you're vulnerable who you talk to. He says, quick, give me some of that stew. I'm famished. I'm starving. It's also kind of interesting that Esau, like, he's a hunter. He's, He's all covered in hair, mossy oak sweatshirt. Jacob's a mama's boy. Like, I just think, why didn't he just, like, punch him in the face and take the soup? Like, they're brothers who already don't like each other. He could, he could break his nose, throw him across the kitchen, take all the soup. It's my soup now. What are you going to do about it? But Esau is in an impulsive state. He's in a susceptible state. He's in a vulnerable state. And he doesn't remember his own strength right now at this moment. If you're a note-taker... The second pitfall to avoid if you're getting too hungry is the pitfall of unsatisfied appetites that become exaggerated emotions. Unsatisfied appetites becoming exaggerated emotions. Any of you guys ever exaggerate stuff? I've never exaggerated once (laughs) in my entire life. You can exaggerate the other way, too. Verse 31, Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Esau says, look, I'm about to die. Your kids ever say, I'm starving to death. Really? Sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die. What good is my birthright to me? Beware of unsatisfied appetites leading to exaggerated emotions. I'm about to die. What good is it anyways? Esau gets in trouble because he's too hungry. (laughs) Beware that you don't get too hungry in your soul, too hungry in your life, too hungry at your job, too hungry in your relationship, too hungry in your dreams, too hungry in your frustrations that you start to go around too hungry and exaggerate your emotions and get yourself into trouble. Any uh, good nutritionist will say that if you want to lose weight, you don't, you don't starve yourself. Um, like any, anyone who is like, all right, I'm just, cold turkey, no more food ever again. Like that does not work well. If you want to lose weight, you don't starve yourself. What's going to happen is you'll end up skipping breakfast and lunch, and then it's 9 p.m., and around 9 p.m., there's this calling. There's this calling from the fridge. And I, I've done this before, and that calling is never the broccoli. <laughs> it just isn't ever the broccoli. Like, I got to get that broccoli. It's the tube of cookie dough (laughs) you can't let yourself get too hungry for something you want in your life because you'll end up reaching for something quick instead like Esau did something that you think is going to satisfy your hunger as soon as possible and you just don't care what the repercussions are? You just don't care. Like, what? What does it even matter? I'm going to die if I don't eat something. So, I don't even care what what happens after this. Some of you are um, you're hungry to be married. I've talked with several people um, over the last couple weeks who when we really talk about it, their hunger, their hunger more than anything is to be married and to have a family eventually and to experience all the good things that can come in a marriage. And they're so hungry to be married and have a family. uh, Some of them have got to the point where they're just sick of waiting for the real thing. And so they just start having sex with people. Like they're so hungry to be married, but they get fed up with the waiting, that they just give in and eventually just start having sex with somebody. And their appetite isn't even, it doesn't even end up being satisfied and they find out that they made a bad trade where it was like short-term pleasure, but it ended up being long-term pain. And they're like, I traded this thing, I got a bowl of bean soup. This sucks. And you weren't trying to be a bad person. You weren't trying to be dumb. But you just got too hungry. You let yourself get too hungry, and you let it take over. I know... Uh, For myself and for a lot of other dads, if we're talking about Father's Day, I know for a lot of us dads, we are uh, hungry for respect from our kids, and some of us end up becoming so hungry for respect from our kids that uh, when we're not getting it, we end up reaching for anger because it's really close. And so we're, we're, we're not getting the, the respect that we want, um, and, but we just get too hungry and so we reach for anger. And so, well, I will scare them into submission or I'll scare them into uh, something that resembles respect somehow. Uh, the thing for me is I, I, I just keep recognizing that I, I, I should have not let myself get too hungry. I should have packed a snack. I should have packed a snack. Um, I shouldn't have let myself get too hungry for that thing. And I, I mean, it's it's the pastor thing to say or whatever, but it's it's true and it's real for me. And I think it's real for other people. The snack that you should pack is uh, reading scripture, listening to worship music. Um, listen, I, I listen to audio books all the time, reading books. Uh, listening to podcasts, just things that will fill up your spiritual tank to where you won't allow yourself to become so famished and empty that you'll just reach for the first thing that's nearby. And so I should pack a snack. Some of you need to pack a snack. Some of you need to pack a snack so that when you are uh, you know, my my wife and I are in a volleyball league. All the and it's been really fun. But it's it's at a bar right up the street at this game time bar, and we've been playing volleyball every week. I'm a volleyball player now. <laughs> Might go pro. <laughs> but it's we don't go to we don't go to bars a lot or anything, and so it's just been interesting going once a week every week. And I'm just watching people, and there's just so many people I'm seeing that, I'm like, ooh, they got too hungry. They got too, sometimes you get too hungry, and you'll eat things that you, didn't, you never thought you would have. <laughs> I see people going home with people, people who just got too hungry. Should have packed a snack. Anyways, number three, if you're a note taker, pitfalls to avoid so that you don't end up getting too hungry. The pitfall of giving up what you want most for what you want now. Giving up what you want most for what you want now. I talked to way too many people who know they have a list. They have it all written out. They know what they want. I want him to be Latin and have green eyes and like all these, <laughs> just a list. I want to make at least 150K. I want. <laughs> but then she gets too hungry. And just some guy comes along, and I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't even have green eyes. <laughs> Anyways, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone whoa, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son afterward as you know when he wanted to inherit this blessing he was rejected even though he sought the blessing with tears he could not change what he had done so Esau this is a little picture into the future of what happens with Esau that He goes at one point and tries to cash in with his dad, but he already gave his birthright away. His birthright, this idea of a birthright, is something that was invisible, but extremely valuable. And he he ended up losing perspective, and he traded it in for something that was um, visible, a bowl of soup, but it was almost worthless. For some of us, the enemy shows up with bowls of different things to get us to forfeit our future or forfeit our purity or forfeit our integrity or forfeit our, our, our dreams. The enemy shows up with these bowls of things and some of us are in a place where if we're too hungry right now, um, we, might, we might grab for that bowl And end up making the worst trade of our lives. Second Corinthians 4 says we need to fix our eyes on what is unseen, not what is seen. Um, So the the bowl of soup that you, I, I hope this is working in your head for an analogy. Anybody have a bowl of soup in front of them right now? Things that get offered to you, things that are the the quick and easy they're they're not the ultimate thing that you want but they're the thing that's there right now Luke chapter 15 it says Jesus continued there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me a share of the estate and so The father divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, but here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he gets up and he goes... Back to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. His father ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against him. He-. He's got his whole spiel ready to go. Have you ever been in that spot? You're like in trouble and you've been working out the, the spiel. Like, I'll say this, I'll say this. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And so they began to celebrate. Uh Today is just a a reminder of who you are in these stories, that you are a son or a daughter um, who has a father, a heavenly father, who is the king of kings, the alpha and omega. He is the ultimate, and he calls you son or daughter. He... Wrote a certificate of adoption for you. He said, I will give everything for you. And as that son or daughter of the king, that makes you royalty. That you are royalty and you are entitled to that double portion of inheritance, because he considers you firstborn. Romans 8:29 says. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Be conformed to the image of his Son. Um, Those of you who are believers in this room, if you are a follower of Christ, what he's saying right now is that God knew you would become a follower of Christ. And knowing that, he would conform you to the image of his Son, And so when he looks at you, he sees Jesus in front of him. I don't know if you know how he feels about Jesus, but it's pretty good. He looks at you and he sees Jesus. It says, so that he might be, she might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You are considered as a firstborn son or daughter. Of God Himself, as such, you are entitled to a double portion of inheritance because you're royalty. But for every birthright, uh, there's a bowl of soup. Uh, some of us end up selling our peace. We sell away our peace by choosing to eat a uh, worrisome soup. Some of us sell away our joy uh, by choosing to eat a bowl of things to whine and complain and grumble about. Some of us sell away our testimonies by indulging in our tempers. Uh, Esau chose a bowl that he later tried to, tried to change, but he, he, was, he was denied. But in this story from Jesus, he tells us there's, there's another, another type of son out there, a, a son who is tempted with bowls, um, a son who chases after bowls, and this is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some of you might have already traded in something fantastic for a lousy bowl of bean soup, and it is not how it was in the Old Testament anymore. That time has changed because Jesus has come. And from now forward with him, you are given a new opportunity to come back to the father and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I don't want this. And before you're even able to get your apology out, he's standing there with his arms open, grabbing you, hugging you forgiving you throwing a party for you don't let yourself get too hungry don't be a starving son or daughter and make bad trades at the wrong times because you feel like you feel like you're never going to get the thing that you truly want hold out for the real thing let's pray God I I love who you are and I love the pictures that were given from your word and I I love the story of Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Rebecca and I love what we can learn from it but I'm also thankful that we don't have to walk down the same road that we don't have to make irreparable mistakes and so jesus we thank you for the work that you did on the cross we thank you that you brought about a new covenant that forgiveness is available that you are the the god who welcomes us back with open arms and so any of us in this room who have um Maybe we've been trading something really, really, really valuable in for something worthless. And I just pray that you would help us to recognize it and that we would be able to um, stop eating with the pigs and come home. And we just say we're sorry for the way we've sinned against heaven and sinned against you. And we thank you that you are waiting there with your arms wide open. You are a good, good father. Pray for all the dads in this room that we would be able to uh, just take on a piece of who you are Because you are a good, good father all the time. That we be able to reflect who you are and how you love us with our kids. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If you would like to be prayed for for anything at all, Uh, We'll have a prayer team over here by the cross who would love to pray for you. Um, If you pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card from that, if you want to give that to me, that'd be great. I love you guys. Happy Father's Day. I will see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.